بسم الله الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين شر لا إله إلا الله وأشر محمد نبيه ورسوله من بعد. You're listening to Islam tomorrow, and we are broadcasting live today. Of course, when you hear this in the future, you'll have to consider it almost live because it'll be pre-recorded. So, having said that, I'll mention that we are in Alexandria. Not Virginia, as usual. We're in Alexandria, Louisiana. I mean, Louisiana. Sorry, sorry. I'm from Texas. That's a bad habit we have of making fun of our dear Cajun buddies. In any case, <laughs> this is your host, Yusuf Estes. Can you say Yusuf? Yusuf? Let me hear you say Yusuf. Yeah, well, teach my wife. She keeps saying it the wrong way. She says useless. Anyway, alhamdulillah. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a lot of fun. Yeah, well, we uh, <laughs> have been talking on the subject of the purpose of life. Now, that's a pretty profound topic and not one that's usually considered with the lightheartedness that we're going into this tonight. But I feel like that as a Muslim, we should be actually capable of dealing with subjects on all levels. In other words, if I meet a person who is simple or child or childlike, I should be able to talk to them on their level. If I meet a university professor, I should be able to talk to him on his level. If I meet a truck driver, I should you speak to him on his level, etc. And in the case that some people might say, well, you, you know, you're making jokes and this is, uh, you know, the subject is too serious. The subject of life itself, of course, is serious. But also, we have to look at ourselves and admit <laughs> we can be pretty funny. <laughs> what is our purpose? We've been talking about that. And we said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, We spoke about that today in the khutbah. We talked about the subject of what Allah says that he created the jinn and human beings for the purpose of the word here in Arabic is ibadah. And it's a form of the word abdi or one who makes Worship to Allah. Worship. This is the focus. Now, this brings into play some other words. And I do a lot with etymology. Etymology is the study of words to break them down to the source and go to the root. And if you do that, that does get pretty serious. So that's one of the reasons I like to insert a few jokes along the way so you don't fall asleep while you're listening. But this word, ibadah or worship is very much related to another word that we use in Islam all the time, the word Allah. I want to share with you the reason why. Because ibadah is the act of doing it. And the recipient of this is known as a ilah or ilaha in the Arabic language. The one who is worshipped is an ilah or ilaha. So that's why I want to introduce this word and in English, we would say, Ilaha is God. So we just discovered something, another mistake. We were talking about the mistakes we make, such as translating the word deen to be religion instead of way of life. So now we found another word here 
This word Elah actually is God in the English language, not Allah. Allah doesn't mean God. Now that should make some people happy because they say, oh, Allah is not God, and they're right. It's better than just the word God. Yes, it is. The word God is in English could be anything that's worshipped. Could be a rock or a stick or a stone or a tree or a bone. It could be anything that's tangible or even intangible. People can worship spirits. People can worship concepts or ideas, ideologies. And so an Elah is anything worshipped or even plural Elaha, Auliha, Al-Auliha, the gods. These are things to be worshipped. They can have worship or ibadah to them. But there's a commandment that comes with the monotheistic faith that came with Adam, Ibrahim or Abraham as we say in English, and Moses or Musa as it is in Hebrew and also Arabic Musa, and the same with David and Suleiman and Jesus and Muhammad. Peace and blessings be upon them all. This is the same exact concept that came with all of them, which is to have all your ibadah for one ilah. All of the worship is for one God. Now, in English, you have to break it down like that, and you have to capitalize the word God to mean the God of Abraham, because the God of Abraham is like the God, and it needs a big G because it's a proper noun. But in Semitic languages, like Hebrew, Aramaic, Arabic, there is no capital letters. There's no lowercase or uppercase. It's just the letter. That's it. It has different shapes depending on how its appearance is in a sentence or a word. But it doesn't have upper and lower case. You can't know the value of the word by the letter but you can tell it real easy by the structure of the grammar in the Arabic. So when we say Elah or Elaha, we're saying God. The plural, Auliha. And when we say the God, in Arabic we say Al-Elah. Al-Elaha. Or plural, Al-Auliha. Al-Auliha. That's the plural, the gods. But in English, you don't have a way to reach the next level, which is to say the one and only. You don't have any way to get there. That's why you need the big G. Arabia, you have one more level to go. Allah. And when you make this Allah, which is now containing the article and it's containing the subject, all in one. It is meaning the one and only God, Allah. The one and only one worthy to be worshipped. Perfect name, isn't it? In the English language, you are capitalizing this word G-O-D to make the big God. But what if you can't see it? You won't know. How do you know who you're talking about? And for those who might hear this in the future and have some doubt that I'm talking about the God of Adam and Abraham and Moses and Jesus, I will just simply invite them 
to look in Arabic Bibles anywhere on earth. Go to an Arabic Bible, Kitab al-Muqdis, and see what is on page one. Page one in the book of Genesis, which means the beginnings. And look and see the word Alif Lam Lam Ha, which means what? Allah. Is there on that page 17 times. Now this Arabic language was around a long time before there was English. In fact, Arabic was around before there was Christianity. In fact, I'm not reading from the Christian Bible. I'm reading now from the book of Genesis. This is the book of who? Al-Yahud. This is the Jewish text. And it says in Arabic, page 1, the word Allah 17 times. It's in the very first sentence. In the beginning, Allah created the heavens and the earth. So there is no argument here. You cannot open that up as a discussion unless you're a totally ignorant person and you like to just debate with the wind. The God of Abraham, according to the Jewish people who are the ones who claim to have Abraham from the beginning, is very clearly in Arabic Allah. There's no discussion on this subject because this is established for not just hundreds but actually thousands of years. Now let's move to the New Testament. Is this the same God of Jesus? I invite you to go to any motel. Now I'm not inviting you to go to the motel. I'm inviting you to go to the motel and go to any room and pull out the drawer and look inside. And what will you find? A Bible. You're absolutely right. And as a matter of fact, I was in a land of the Hind or Hindu people called India. And while I was there, and these people are Hindus, but every single hotel that I went to still in every room, in every hotel, guess what they had? The Bible. They didn't put it there. The Gideons put it there. This is a Bible placement organization. They donate their time to go out and give out free Bibles. That's what they do. Old men that retire and they like to do that. They're very nice. In their book, the Gideon Bible, which is actually the King James Version, the introduction to show you their hard work, what they've tried to do, they give you examples of the other languages that they've translated the Bible into. The first one is Afrikaans language, with two A's, Afrikaans. The second language is Arabia, Arabic. And they gave an example in each one of these languages that they went into, Urdu and so and so and so. They gave an example of one verse out of their New Testament from John 3.16 that said, For God so loved the world. All right, and that's what they quote. And the word for God in their book, in the Gideon version, John 3.16, and it uses Alif, Lam, Lam, Ha, Allah. So if Allah is not the right word for the God of Jesus, then why did they use it? And if Allah is not the right word to use for Abraham, then why have they been using it for all these years? So this is not really any kind of an argument to have except for a fool. And, of course, I'm assuming that our audience are not foolish, so we'll press forward. And we'll look at this word a little bit closer. What does Allah mean? Well, let me tell you what it doesn't mean. Allah doesn't mean God in the sense that any other kind of God. God could be anything. As we already mentioned, a rock, a stick, a stone, a bone. A God can be something that you see or don't see. 
But that's not a law. There's a reason for that. Because the word God can have an S after it, yes or no? God's. But the word Allah cannot be made plural. Can't be. If you know the Arabic grammar, the word Allah cannot be made what? Plural. Also, it cannot be made female. Or actually even male. The word he related to Allah is out of respect, not out of gender. There is no gender for the word Allah. Even when it says he in the Quran, it's from respect for himself. Because Allah is not he as opposed to she, 